It's going to be a beautiful weekend, as you heard in the forecast there. Plus, temperatures coming, uh, frost begins. There's a farmer's market inside the Cooperator Center, as there is every Saturday now from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. And uh, sadly, across the country of Canada here, about 81% of farmland is either abnormally dry or in a state of full drought. And, and yes, we've had snow, but we haven't had a lot. And the southwestern our province was hit hardest last year with drought. It's where we head this morning to meet Garner Diebold, a cattle rancher who produces purebred Charlay seed stock and also some commercial cattle near Hodgeville, which is uh, about two hours southwest of us. First, Garner, thank you for joining me. Uh, what's it look like out your window this morning? Lots of snow or hardly any snow? Well, in our part of the world here, there's very little snow there. It it looks white, but I mean, it's only an inch or two and, and really hasn't amounted to much snow this year. Yeah, and probably not even enough to save the topsoil in the long run at this point, is it? Not really, no. I mean, at this point in time, it, it's close to being bare. Well, we can only hope for more snow and uh, if not bring on the april showers big time tell me about uh how is the industry going for you well it's been good i guess the uh, the markets last fall were really strong i guess the struggle that we've had here in the last few years is the drought conditions that we're all going through here and really a shortage of feed so it was really nice to see a, a nice warm fall and, and december was just beautiful so that was helpful. Did you have the cattle out in the pasture, like in that month of November and part of December, taking advantage of that? Because I imagine costs would be a little less. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, they were out, and uh, we were supplement feeding them out there. But again, it's a lot better for them if they are out and about grazing. So that was really a, a bonus, I think, something that helped all of the ranchers here in in, uh, in southwest Saskatchewan anyway. Well, look, straw, feed, whatever it takes to keep cattle warm and uh, healthy can add up financially. What's it cost per cow to get through a cold snap like we, we just went through? Well, it's always hard to measure something like that, but their nutritional requirements go uh, up significantly through uh, cold weather like that. And the big part, or, or you know, probably one of the um, the, the cattle had a little bit tougher time to adjust because it had been so warm and then it just turned cold suddenly like that. And, and so they're not acclimatized to it just like we aren't either. So, uh, you know, makes it a little bit tougher on them. But they got through it and, uh, you know, the, the increased cost, a lot of times it comes in water lines that freeze, uh, hydraulic hoses that, that break, fuel lines that gel up. And so, I mean, there's lots of challenges when you get that extreme cold conditions like that. I said when we got on the uh, the good side of this cold snap, I said I want to salute all our farmers in this province because you can't close because of the cold weather, can you? Well, no, you're right, and, and that's very much appreciated, I, I think, and, and you're right. I mean, it is a 24-7 uh, operation, especially when you're calving in that kind of weather. There's uh, very little sleep or rest, and we're happy. Garner Diebold is my guest. He is uh, farming at Hodgeville, cattle rancher. Calving season normally is what, March, April, but you've already gone through it or are going through it now? We're going through it right now here. Again, it's, it's on the seed stock side of it uh, to raise uh, purebred bulls and bulls for breeding. We look at selling yearling bulls, so we calve early, you know, just to make that market. But again, yeah, for most people, March, April, May is the, is the general calving season. We choose to calve at this time of year. Nobody's forcing us to do it. But, uh, you know, we love what we do out here. And right now, again, here, if we get a stretch of warm weather, it's just, uh, you know, it's a good time of year to be calving. Garner, I've got some young potential farmers sitting with mom and dad at the table that uh, don't know a thing about calving season. So well, uh, maybe just explain what it is like, what you do, the hours you keep. Well, we are, we're fortunate. We've got a, a, a good 
calving facility here where, where we do have some warm uh, stalling area and so they, the cows do come in and you have to be on them and checking them all the time because it's really hard to predict when they're all going to calve even though we've got uh, insemination dates on most of the cows. One thing is uh, having cameras so that you can monitor them from someplace warm I guess and you can you can actually watch and check on them that way. When you talk to your friends and uh, neighbours uh, in the Hudsville area, what do you hear about the farm? Well I guess right now you know the biggest concern is just the uh, the cost of production on, on every Thing it's just it has just increased so much here over the last few years, and th- those are the challenging things. I guess the economics of it still, even with the markets being stronger, you know, it's still not uh, healthy. I guess as, as far as the uh, profitability of it, but it is much better than what it had been. Concerned with drought this spring? Very much so. Uh, we went through the last half of, of uh, 23 here. We really had virtually no rain or any any moisture of any kind. So. The drought is probably foremost in everyone's mind and is something that, uh, you know, we're very concerned of. You're a good man, Garner. I thank you for your time. Not for sure. No, thanks very much for the interest and any time. We could have some new neighbors. The Empire Hotel right next to us here on Sass Drive is up for sale. Three and a half million dollars. That's all? Yeah. Built in 1912. Three and a half million dollars. Well, uh, that off-sale liquor uh, store permit might be worth that. Yeah, well, That's one of the busiest liquor stores in town, I think. Well, the location itself, too, right on what you might deem the busiest intersection in Regina. On the way to the the football stadium. Very handy. Parking lot comes with 45 stalls, and they've uh, thrown in three VLT machines, too. They have. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bar, coffee area in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, that building is is a staple in this this community. You know what? It's uh, growing uh, up here in Regina. You'd remember it as a, as a youngster, wouldn't well, you? Of course. Of course I would. <laughs> but uh, three and a half mil. Okay. Well, what else we got going on here? Uh, the Emergencies Act was unreasonable, but it's far from over, isn't it? Yeah, this is a a ruling from a federal court judge, and we already know pretty well right after that decision was announced, the federal government, the Trudeau government, said they would appeal. There would be no, yeah, we'll look it over and we'll consider it an appeal. They're they're going straight for the appeal. So, I mean, this is going to, you know, who knows how much longer it's going to go for. Well, and uh, there's a little more of this on the Evan Bray Show, right? After there is. After the 8.30 news? Yeah, so we'll hear from Chris Barber, and we'll remember him. He's been on the station lots, and he was on the station lots during the actual convoy in Ottawa, but he's coming up at 8.36, one of the organizers of that convoy, so it'll be interesting to hear his perspective. Did you want to quickly uh, mention the Oilers at all? You know what? Yeah, sure. 14 in a in a row now, Greg. 4-1, uh, sorry, a win over the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Um, and so for you, now you're starting to look ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you uh, want to uh, use the one game at a time analogy, but you're not a hockey player. You can look ahead. Well, 17's yeah. the record. 
Pittsburgh Penguins have that from 92-93 season. Greg, are you Black feeling Hawks good? Blackhawks tomorrow night. I think they'll win that one. Yeah. I'm worried about Saturday's game against Nashville, which is probably going to be like a playoff atmosphere because Nashville yeah. is really close. Nashville and then the Vegas. And then Vegas, right? And Vegas is next Tuesday. That would be the Those potential game tie. Yeah. Uh, 17th game if they were to go that far. Those are tough uh, games. And then, Greg, yes, looking ahead even further, if they somehow tie that record against Vegas, against Vegas they Tuesday. could win or sorry, beat Break the it. record on your birthday? Yes, that would be oh, oh. Uh, next Friday, February 9th. Is that next Friday? Yeah, against the... No, it's not next Friday. Where am I here? Let's let's take a look at the calendar here. <laughs> February ninth is two weeks, two weeks from this Friday. Yeah, yeah, two weeks from <laughs> <laughs> two weeks from Friday. You, Kevin Martell, can take me out for dinner on my birthday, watching to see if that does come to fruition. But I don't know. I hope it does. But that is that's some pretty tough teams to, uh, this to in, get through. This incredible win streak, and then they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, right? Oh, well, no, I laugh at Drew and Jamie. <laughs> that's and I, what they were talking about. You know, this morning, mad yeah. at the Oilers for this streak. <laughs> And Jamie's bragging about the Canucks, and he points out Boston. Hey, Oilers fans, Boston led the league last year and blew it. Uh, your Canucks are going to blow it the first round, too, I might add. Boy, I uh, it's a head-scratcher with the Academy Awards yesterday. Yeah. I know they came out later in our show. We didn't really elaborate on this too much, but uh, uh, the Barbie movie not recognizing its director and main star is really bizarre, isn't uh, it? That was one of the things that first kind of popped out for me. So Barbie overall gets eight nominations, uh, you know, behind Oppenheimer's 13. But Ryan Gosling, he gets, and good on him, the Canadian, yeah. as Ken in that movie, gets an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. But the movie doesn't have Margot Robbie, who the star. Yes. She's not nominated. And Greta Gerwig is not nominated for Best Director either, which I think was a little bit uh, well, odd for a lot of people, including Gosling, who's now speaking out about it. Yeah, well, the whole point of the Barbie movie is to empower women <laughs> and show that they're strong and capable yeah. in a male-dominated world, yet the leading actress and the director, a female, not nominated, but Ryan was. But he's almost embarrassed, right? Because he, he put out a, late, a letter late last night uh, that pretty much said... Calls uh, him out, yeah. yeah. Calls the Academy out, like, come on here, like, Ken? Come yeah. on, Ken? Just Ken? <laughs> yeah, he, he said, there is no Ken without Barbie, and there's no Barbie movie without uh, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. So, yeah, uh, a little bizarre. I bet you Jimmy Kimmel, the host, when the Oscars uh, air in March... We'll have a lot of fun uh, attacking the Academy on that one. CJME News Time Now is 6.58. Brent Butt returning to Casino Regina Show Lounge March 14th. And this week celebrating 20 years of Corner Gas Success, 20 years now. With me from Vancouver, Mr. Brent Butt. Good morning, Brent. Thank you again for returning to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Are you hitting the road with all new material? I never hit the road with all new material. Uh, that's like a that's a crazy thing to do. <laughs> so I learned long ago, like, it's going to be a mix of new stuff and some uh, older stuff. There's been too many times when I've done shows and people have come up to me hot as a hornet afterwards, mad that I didn't do some bit that they came specifically to see. So just try to keep it a mix. And then a bit of crowd work. It's always a lot of fun, especially at Casino Regina. It always seems to be fun doing a bit of crowd work, finding out who's in the room and having some fun chat. 
Well, I can never open up a jar of pickles without thinking of your routine. So I'm glad to hear the classics get in there still. Where are Don't you? Don't be giving away my punchlines on the radio, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. Where are you most likely to find your comedy these days? I've never really known where it comes from. You know, I just kind of keep my eyes and ears open. And sometimes it's like a random thought that pops into my head and I have no idea from where. Other times it's sort of based on a little observation I've made just out and about getting groceries or driving the car. It can kind of come from anywhere. Like the other day I was just, I was stopped at a red light and I saw a guy on his phone and he was, you know, being all cool and casual talking on his phone. And he went to lean up against something that in his mind was not a hedge. And he just went right through down into the hedge. <laughs> and it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay, make a mental note of that. That's going in the act somehow. How do you record your comedic thoughts? You know, for years and years, I mean, I've been doing this since 88. The main thing that I did for years was just always carry a little notebook and pen around with me and jot it down. Now, I do use my phone more than anything else. I don't always have a notebook with me anymore because I either use just a notes app on my phone because it also syncs with my computer, so that's handy. Or I just hit the voice memo app and just talk into it a little bit. Let's move on to Corner Gas. 20 years old. Does that just blow your mind that it's already been 20 years? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like anything. Sometimes it seems like it's been three years has whistled by. But other times it seems like, wow, we did that show 80 years ago. <laughs> so it, it sort of all comes down to... You know, your perspective, but to sit and think about it, yeah, like, you know, 20 years is, uh, it kind of hits because in my mind, a lot of that is so fresh and so, so recent that it seems like it can't have been 20 years ago. With the success of that, I'm sure you can't go anywhere without someone asking you about it. Yeah, the, the strange thing is sometimes part of the thing about the show having been on so long ago or like starting so long ago is that I will have somebody come up to me and reference an episode. I don't get that they're referencing an episode. <laughs> it's just a cryptic sentence that they'll come up to me, you know, and just say, hey, you building your own coffin? And I'm like, what? What kind of a... <laughs> What are you talking about? So then can you answer whether or not you have a favorite episode of Corner Gas, at least? It's, uh, yeah, it's difficult to pick a favorite. I always enjoyed the episodes where we saw the gang in a different situation, like the hockey episode where we saw them out, you know, at the rink playing yeah. hockey or the, the slow pitch episode or when they all kind of went to the city for Grey Cup. I, I kind of get a kick out of those episodes. There's different episodes that I like for different reasons, you know? What is it like, Brent, to being able to flip the TV on? There you are. There's nowhere you can be in Canada and not find an episode of Quarter Gas. It's a very good feeling. I mean, I, I like it very You know, I grew up as a TV baby. I loved watching TV and dreamed of working in TV. Being on TV was a, a dream of mine. So that's sort of how it hits me. When I'm, you know, if I'm at home and I flip on the TV or if I'm on the road and I turn the TV on in the hotel room, stumble across an episode of Corner Gas, I always stop and I watch at least for a while because it's, I mean, it's a very warm, satisfying feeling to to know that I was, you know, able to grow up, live my dream. But also, it pulls me back to a time when I was having, you know, such a blast working with such an amazing group of people to put together a project that really resonated with people. It's sort of a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's for sure. When I come across an episode, and I, and it's been a, it's been long enough now that sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, what's this one about? <laughs> I love it. Brett Butt, looking forward to seeing you at Casino Regina in March. Perfect. Uh, well, uh, thanks very much. A lovely, lovely chat. Take care.
722, Evan Bray joining me now, host of the Evan Bray Show, uh, right out of the uh, the gates here. Chris Barber's on your show today. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Chris, of course, uh, along with Tamara Leach, both charged with some criminal offenses with regard to their leadership to do with the truck convoy in Ottawa. But yesterday's Emergency Act ruling that it was unconstitutional, I'm, I'm curious to know his reaction to that. And yeah. uh, whether he thinks that has an implication on his trial. Of course, uh, this isn't over yet either, right? It's- no, they're, I mean, they're set up to go again here in March for another week. So it's far from over. It's dragged on for a long time. So yeah, I'm sure I know, I know Chris well enough. I don't know him personally, but I've listened to him talk before. I know he'll have some thoughts on this. I bet he will. <laughs> now, yeah. look, I just played goodbye stranger. He's no stranger to you and I, nor this city, but, uh, I wanted to give a shout out there. I was watching global television and they had a little story on our deputy chief, Dean Ray, who you've known longer than I have. But yeah. anytime I've ever met Dean, he's just a nice, nice guy. Well, he's a nice guy. And Dean is also the, when I started policing in 1995, Dean had about five years on or so at that time. He and his partner, Scott, were, they were the cops you wanted to be like. They were diggers. They were hard workers. Dean is a, has been an incredible police officer his entire career. You aspire to be Dean? The same Dean I know? <laughs> yeah, the same Dean. One and the same. 34 years. That's uh, considerably a long length of time with the force. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he is the longest serving member on our police service. And so it's uh, a lot of knowledge and, and a wealth of, of corporate history goes out the door with, with Dean next week. Yeah. Uh, our a service, did yeah. you say? <laughs> you you like to catch me once per show on well, that. It's funny. I caught it immediately, and I was going to bring it to your attention. Uh, and uh, producer... <laughs> In my ear, he said Oregon. He said Oregon. Frank, stop so it. We're, we're, we're always, partners. We're still trying to train you, uh, new host of the Evan Bray Show. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to ask you, keeping with Dean for a moment here, is there any truth that in the force uh, you guys were known as Fred and Barney? Because <laughs> who told you that? You're, you're taller than Dean, and side by side, it does oh look like I'm looking gosh. at Fred and Barney. From well, let me tell you, I'll just say there's a couple of officers who have some mad skills when it comes to photoshopping, and yeah, there could have been the odd poster from time to time of Fred and Barney. All right, so, Evan and Dean. All right, so you're both. Uh, you look at that. Both of you will have hung up your old loincloth <laughs> Fred and Barney would always wear. Hey, Fred. Okay. And uh, well, hey, look at this. Uh, the Empire Hotel is for sale. And uh, it, it's... I spent a bit of time there in my policing career, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have, but you can't deny... It is a, do I dare say iconic? No, probably one of the oldest buildings. It goes back to, I think, 1912. It's for sale for $3.5 million. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it it's, uh, comes with a parking lot of 45 stalls, if you're interested. Are you selling me on the amenities right now of buying the Empire? You love your VLTs. There's three <laughs> in there. And... That off-sale liquor store permit that comes with it, uh, that, that's you the can't golden, deny. With, that's the golden ticket of, yeah, of the it's, Empire Hotel. It's one Hotel. of the busiest. Like, uh, for, for everyone who visits and wanders over to Mosaic Stadium, I always see yeah. uh, it busy on game days. I think it's probably, there's there's a couple of sites in Regina that would be the top two in terms of off-sale, and, and the Empire has to be one of them. I mean, it 
it, it, that comes with challenges, right? But yeah. but it definitely is is a moneymaker. Now for sure. it, we call it a hotel. It's no longer a hotel. Though. Well, people do. There are some people that have like a long term living arrangement in there. Like we, you know, I I know through the years, the odd time we would respond to someone who is living yeah. in the Empire Hotel. So they they have some suites in there that are longer term kind yeah. of living living spaces for people. Okay, well, it's for sale. And uh, I'll be, I bet it goes for that three and a half mil. Really? Yeah. I, 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 think, well, I, I, I think, have my well, doubts. I, I think that intersection right there, right there is going to that property. Well, it, if it does, I'll be curious to see if the building stays or if it's uh, yeah. an opportunity for something new. I don't have a stake in this either. <laughs> By the way, if you think I'm trying <laughs> to sell. It seems like you're selling it to me, Greg. Okay, Fred. Uh, <laughs> thanks for popping by. And uh, Dean, congratulations on your retirement. Uh, the deputy chief, uh, Dean Ray retiring after 34 years. Uh, I think February 1st is his That's last right. Day. Next okay. Thursday. See Jamie Newstime now is 727.